cash over here, this is poverty. This is poverty. Hood selling trash, bust the gas, give my mama money on the lease. We gotta eat. Fast forward, now I'm on the floor, say I got a lot of cheese. Got a lot of G's. We ain't poor no more, ain't nobody ever bother me. Baby says she wanna swallow me. Baby let it ask if anything. I'm critiquing my quality. People listening to anything. You remind me of a Billie Jean. Listen, baby, you will never get a ring. Yeah, I'm hot, but I ain't gonna make anything. Yeah, this money give me, we will never go. Shit up to the smithereens All the nasty pussy nigga kid the king I'm a violent nigga Fuck a penalty Money hardly in there No in between Like a hockey copy to a Peace, love, and light. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I am your host, Him Not Them. As always, gotta give a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are live, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Gunner. Don't play around. His album is still in rotation. You feel me? Got the vibes, got the feels. Whatever you looking for, the ups. <laughs> and yeah, put that in your rotation. Gunner, how's the family doing today? We are here. Greetings and salutations. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> but yes, I'm in good spirits. The school year has officially ended, so I am, I am on my summer break. Seven years down, man. I tell you, they say seven is the, the number for complete. I feel complete at this point. Um, haven't always, but we're only speaking about today. Something that I always ask the people that I'm surrounded by, why do we harp and focus on the negative so much? And, and that's because they leave longer impressions or they leave such a lasting impression. Whereas we're constantly chasing a good feeling, we'll do whatever it takes to get that, that good feeling. But if we fall, we're going to remember that scrape. We're going to remember that scar. So what I want to encourage the family is to understand that trips and falls will happen. Scars even may be a result of that. But we should use that as motivation to move forward and not as like a stagnant tool or a stagnant step. You understand? It can be a propelling step. And that's what I try to use my downfalls and trips as. That's how I choose to look at my downfalls and my trips moving forward. And I was having conversations with um, like-minded... Excuse me. I was having conversations with like-minded individuals. And we were just discussing an array of things. <laughs> but there was a lot of conversations that we were having that was built... That I felt that I took from was built on what is the next steps? You know, what should we expect? And for me, if I'm preparing for anything or if I'm preparing my next steps, I want to make sure that I know what to expect. The ups, the downs, and the in-betweens. Because when we see our end goal at times, we forget the path or the steps it takes to get there. We're overlooking, we're undermining, we're not giving enough not paying enough detail, attention to detail in certain areas, and then it will take us longer to get to our destination. What I want to encourage the family to do is to look at every step for what it is. Some of them can be a stagnant step. Some of them can be a propelling step. It's up to us to know what to expect. You understand? And that's what I feel the family can take and move using, take and use moving forward. But to start our conversation, we're going to talk about the term white supremacy. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the term white supremacy is thrown around, but it's, it's one of those loose terms. 
it's open-ended. It, it sounds worse than it is <laughs> because one is nothing supreme about the behavior of the individuals who are doing these heinous acts or conducting or constructing or configuring these heinous acts. Okay. And then also we have to understand that supreme, when you do, when you, when people act in these manners, it doesn't make them supreme. It makes them look weak in turn. It makes them look fragile in turn we should be using white fragility <laughs> because the only reason why these individuals are acting in this manner is because the Caucasian race as a whole cannot withstand the test of time. It's just a scientific fact. Caucasian white skin is a recessive gene. Not saying it's not strong. I'm just saying that it's recessive. That means in, in most cases, when you combine the, a white with a dark complexion, be it whatever hue, eight times out of ten, the, uh, the product of that mixture will be on the browner side. Not in all cases, not in most cases, just in more cases than none. All right. So then when we think about it from a different perspective, a melanated person can give birth, a melanated woman can give birth to a white baby without the assistance of a white male. In a very small percentage case, can a Caucasian woman give birth to a black baby? I said a very small, not saying that it hasn't happened, not saying that it can't happen. What I'm saying is, is that it's a very small chance of it happening. So with all that being said, white supremacy is only doing what it's doing to preserve the white race, quote unquote. If there's a such thing as race, there's only one race, which is the human race, but whatever the case may be. So what I want to read off is just a few fertility facts <laughs> that can help with understanding why white supremacy acts in the manner that they do. And we only focus on white supremacy from a race standpoint, but white, but white supremacy is in economics, it's in education, it's in religion, it's in entertainment, it's in gender. It's in sex, it's in law, it's in politics. White supremacy got all 10 fingers in all 10 pots. And because we are at the bottom or at the, the low totem, the lowest point on the totem pole, we are only focusing on one part of the problem. So I want to expand the conversation to other aspects of the issue so we can figure out which one to address. One reason why white supremacy acts the way that they do is because white women ain't giving birth to enough babies. Fertility rates for white women were low in every state in the United States in 2017. But they were up in 12 states for blacks and they were up in 29 states for Hispanics. <laughs> so right there, that's why there are so many abortion clinics in the hood. That's why Planned Parenthood is placed in all the strategic, uh, quote unquote, minority neighborhoods, because they already realized that we're going to be giving birth to more babies. We got to find a way to keep them from having it. Birth control, um, condoms ain't working. <laughs> so now we got to make sure we have a clinic on every corner, just like we have a liquor store in every corner and a gun shop in every rural world. And, you know, I have a problem with them R words, them rural areas. You dig what I'm saying? The United States white population has had significant declines since 2008-2009. Right? 
And this is all information that you can find on the internet. This is something that I just researched probably 30 minutes before I just came to us tonight. And I just, because it's so fresh in my mind, I just want the family to kind of just listen to what's going on. No state in 2017 had a total fertility rate for white women above the population replacement level. No state. And then we have to understand that minorities, blacks and browns, well, black people in particular only make up close to 13% of the United States population. So we're already giving birth to more babies, but we're only 13% of the population. It's just something to think about. Um, the white deaths outnumbered births amongst whites in the United States as of 2016, I believe, since Trump got in office. Last quick note, the Census Bureau has projected that whites could drop below 50% of the population by 2045. They're basically saying that uh, a quote-unquote white person or the, the lightest-skinned person would be like The Rock or Zendaya or like Shorty from Grownish. You feel what I'm saying? They'll just be one of those, you know, light brown individuals. You know, you can tell they got some color in them type shit. I have one more note. I apologize, family. 2015, for the first time, there were more white deaths than white births. In 2016, 26 states, and, and I'm sorry, in 2016, 26 states, whites were dying faster than they were being born. And this was in 2016. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue this conversation because we're going to look at it from, we're going to look at this same coin just on the other side. Yes, family, that was Getaway, Mob Deep. Nice classic for you. Good little throwback for you. Check out Mob Deep. Yes, we were, excuse me, I'm just reading over where we should pick up. Um, before we went into break, we were discussing white fragility. And we have to, before we understand the movement of our enemies, we have to understand why they move that way. We can't understand the movement without the, the cognition, <laughs> without, without the understanding, without the reasons or the reasoning. Okay, so the reasoning, one of the reasonings or the main reasoning in my position, how I feel that, quote unquote, white supremacy is a thing is for genetic survival. And I didn't have this thought on my own. What I want the family to do is research an individual by the name of Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. All right, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. She's an ancestor now. She passed away, I believe, in 17 or 16. Hold on, let me get my facts right because I got to do my baby right. 
I can't be out here false flagging my shorty. Yeah, she passed in 2016. Um, she attended Howard University. She did a lot of her um, adult studies in the Chocolate City. So she is a credible source that I go to when speaking about white fragility. And the reason why white fragility is a thing or is a, not even a concept, but it's a thing. I don't know what word I want to use. Is <laughs> because white people have low birth rates. It's just what it is. It's a scientific fact. We don't have to read the Bible to know that. We don't have to have a deep diving of understanding to realize that either. We can see that. There's a lot of interracial couples. There's a lot of Caucasian people dying of opioid overdose, the methamphetamines and all that. That's a real thing. You can research that information. I just went down from 2016 to now that only that... In 2017, white women, there was no there was no high birth rate. <laughs> you know, no state in 2017 had a total fragility rate for white women above the population replacement level. That was in 17. All right. So that can be scary to individuals who want to hold on to American pride and want to be the last cup, the last pilgrim standing and all that. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? There's people out here that's off that. You see them every day. These Karens just be going off on people in the street. And I just be looking in my mind. I be in my mind like, what, what, why do you want to act like that? Like, what in your, in that individual's, what in your right mind, <laughs> if any of it's right, will make you act that way? That's because all of what they were taught when they were younger isn't measuring up. Because even if you don't believe in God and this, that, and the third, if you just look at the science and the statistics, not the ones you see on CNN and NBC and all that, if you just really look at reports of individuals who are also Caucasian, mind you, these are Caucasians that are doing these reports. <laughs> because maybe these individuals aren't afraid of the science. There's individuals that 1%, they're afraid of the science. So they're going to do anything and everything in their power to make sure that the science works in their favor. So they have to look at the birth rates. Not only for their kind. But for the other kind. Quote unquote. So the, the second half of this discussion. Is going to be about. Why black women die from giving birth. The opposition already know that they have a low birth rate. So if I have to affect my enemy. I'm going to make sure that my enemy's birth rates are low as well. That's why Planned Parenthood is a thing. That's why birth control is a thing, you know. Um, that's why, like, the law allows pedophiles to get out because the pedophiles are usually attacking women of color or women that, women that aren't of the Caucasian race. It's a sad thing. It's the, the opposition works twofold. Like I said, the opposition got their ten fingers in each pot. You see what I'm saying? But not to get too far from where I want it to be. <laughs> it's just crazy when we actually sit and think about it. But why do black women die from giving birth? One reason is there's a myth that black women can endure more pain. Um, there's an individual by the name of Dr. Joy DeGruy. She has coined the phrase or the term post-traumatic slave syndrome. And she has a whole... Um, dissertation on this information and she did a recording in 2008 
And she was just breaking down information about how gynecology came into existence and how those quote unquote doctors would, would experiment on black women. All types of heinous shit. And because there was no anesthesia or felt as though that black women didn't need no anesthesia, they would just go through excruciating pain and all that. And those were the quote unquote founding fathers of medicine. So if that's where the foundation is laid, where do you think medicine in the medical field stand on? <laughs> if that is the foundation of modern medicine and that's what they're standing on, look at modern medicine in 2020. That's because black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy complications. This is partly why the maternal mortality, this is partly why the maternal mortality rate went up in 2016. So then here's something to think about. Black people only make up roughly 10 between 10 and 13% of the US population, people who identify as black, right? How is it that we only are 13% of the population, but three times likely to die from giving birth? That's how the numbers, that's why they skew the numbers the way that they do. Because we don't really sit and think about what's being told to us. How are we the minority, but we are the majority in jail. We are the majority dying from giving birth. We are the majority to be attacked for police brutality. But we're not the majority population of people. We're not the majority population of people. And it's crazy. These are the conversations when you try to have them quote unquote tough conversations with people. Throw these informational facts at these people and see what they say. And if they don't have any other information to combat you, they're only talking from an emotional standpoint. So then, so then at that point, the conversation either, either needs to be continued in, a, in an emotional fashion or just dead it. <laughs> Um, other reasons why black women die from giving birth, lack of access and poor quality of care are the leading factors. They don't get the prenatal care, you know, they don't have the proper education. That's why I big up a lot of females that I follow are big on women pregnancy. And I wish I had their names. Let me see if I got their names on Instagram. I don't know if they would want to be shouted out. But yes, I follow a few women who do the whole home birth thing i wish i knew what the word was dwelle i could be saying it wrong i wish i didn't even say it a doula yeah that's what it is a doula and yeah they individuals who are helping black women have successful pregnancies and teaching a man the ins and outs of what a woman goes through while being pregnant i myself don't have any children at this moment but i do plan on having kids so i want to be as educated as possible not only about the education, I'm sorry, not only about the medical field, but how, how I can be best um, effective at home where we don't have to necessarily necessarily rely on modern medicine. So that's, I wanted the family to kind of sit with that information, understand that the white fertility rate is low and the melanated is high, but the melanated women are dying on these quote unquote birthing tables. And we have to start raising our raising up our voices for that. That's another issue, you know, another racial issue, another ugly layer of this racial issue. Not just police brutality, but doctor brutality and nurse brutality and all that. You dig what I'm saying? One last break. And we out.
Yes, family, that was Pop Smoke featuring Quavo, Shake the Room. Rest in peace to God, Pop Smoke. Quick pause in the installment, family. It's alright. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. Protect your peace. We are getting ready to move into the second half of 2020. June is soon to be behind us. And whatever we did the first six months of this year is now recent history. (laughs) Not saying that it can't be utilized. Not saying that we shouldn't utilize it. What I'm saying is, is that moving forward, we have to create a recent history. Uh, I mean, uh, (laughs) keep creating history, I should say. And realize that what we've done can only be used It shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't be weighing. It shouldn't be taxing. It should only be used as fuel. The reason why I bring this up is because now that we have what is called quote unquote 2020 vision or it couldn't be any clearer than now. There's a lot of people who still haven't tapped into that vision. And it's clear. It's it's evident. Right. It's, It's more than evident because when they speak about how they feel and try to defend it. It sounds redundant. And you just look at that person like, for real? That's how you feel? And I'm not here to say that you're supposed to judge them. But if you're listening to what they're saying and processing the information and it doesn't doesn't measure up or add up, you will be wrong in trying to tell, you will be wrong in agreeing with the person that tries to tell you that two plus two equals five. (laughs) You will be wrong trying to agree with them. Even if they have this elaborate bullshit answer, you know damn well that 2 plus 2 ain't 5. So we are no longer, we should no longer be in in the position to accept wrong as right. Regardless of how good it sounds or regardless of who it's coming from. We are now in a position to challenge whatever is being shown. We are now in a position to expose the fakeness in whatever is being shown. You get what I'm saying? And that's, for me, that's more important than anything. And I just want the family to kind of put that in a pot and cook for a second and marinate and see where that leads them. Because that's also another thought of mine that I will be massaging moving forward. To close this out, good family, we're going to talk about the deacons of defense. And the reason why I felt I wanted to talk about the deacons of defense is because I feel as though people probably don't even know who these groups of individuals were. You know, we are familiar with the Black Panther Party. We're familiar with civil rights movements, but a lot of people aren't familiar with the Deacons of Defense. July 10th, 1964, men from Jonesboro, Louisiana, led by Ernest Chili Willie Thomas and Frederick Douglass Kirkpatrick, found the Deacons of Defense to protect members of Congress of racial equality against the KKK violence. And I believe Congress... Of racial equality is another civil rights group that goes by the acronym CORE, C-O-E-R, Congress of Racial Equality. Most of the deacons were veterans of World War II and the Korean War. Um, 
Quick pause. The reason why I want the family to understand about the deacons of defense is now that we've protested, now that we've got our voices heard, now we have to start organizing. We have to have our political organizers. We have to have our educators as organ uh, education organization. We got to have the lawyers intact. We got to have the social media team intact. But we also have to have a militant force intact. That's what the FOI, you know, the Nation of Islam, Islam, excuse me, those individuals have a militant, the uh, Hebrew Israelites, right? They have a militant aspect in their teachings. For individuals who don't subscribe to religious practices, it's important for you to at least study who has at least attempted to start a militant group that knew the law, that knew the law so they can protect themselves when being confronted with the police, that knew the law when being able to conduct themselves in the court of law. All right. The deacon of defense, the deacons of defense were that type of group. Um, I, I realize that we all have different roles to play in this quote unquote revolution. And I'm only using air quotes because I want people to understand that the revolution isn't just about battle. We're being we're being tested on many fronts. So if we want to revolutionize, we have to look at all the areas. Today, we talked about the birth rates and how the women are being affected. Now we're talking about how we can organize ourselves as a constructive militant group. Right. So there's other there's many of ways that we can revolutionize. And I only use air quotes because I don't want everybody just to put all the revolution into one just yet. Not just yet. Um, a little more history about the deacons of defense. The deacons' tense confrontations with the clan, with the clan, was so crucial that it forced the federal government, the government, to intervene on the behalf of the local black people. The deacons of defense was bringing awareness to the country, bringing awareness to social indifferences and racial indifferences in Louisiana in 1964. Around the same time the Panthers was doing their thing in Oakland and where SNCC was doing their thing in Alabama, these were the social, I'm sorry, the civil rights movements that were, this was a civil rights movement that was gaining national recognition and they were in Louisiana. The deacons provided protection for local blacks and whites who sought to register to vote. You know, we have the whole voter repression thing going on. You dig what I'm saying? So... In the 1960s, when we really needed to exercise our right to vote, the deacon of defense would protect people so they could, blacks and whites. Something that they don't really say um, in um, contemporary history. <laughs> they often use our pro-black militant groups as radicals when they was really protecting all people. But we just had to stand up for our people. You dig what I'm saying? And that's really... All that I have for us tonight, good family, I want you guys to look into the deacons of defense. I want you guys to look into white fragility and what that really means and what that what that looks like. Um, I think we I think we forget how. I think we forget how if we don't know the history, we can be taught anything. <laughs> and if and if we're not. I use this word often. If we're not cognizant of who's writing the history, that's the issue within itself as well. So take time between this installment and the next one to learn something new, to pass information to the next one, to, to do something worthwhile. 
I am your host, him, not them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace. I sold all the shit I took. I done seen so much, I can write a book. Ain't stun that hoe, I can buy that look.